to Eternal Love of Spirit podcast with me, Laura Rubio. Stay tuned to learn all about the afterlife, mediumship and different types of healing modalities. You will meet some of today's finest mediums and healers who are leaving the world a little better with their contributions to the field of intuitive arts. I extend you a warm welcome and I thank you for being here. Good morning. Hi, Dawn. How are you? Hi, Laura. I'm very well. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much for coming on. Today we have Dawn and Dawn is from Where Angels Whisper. Dawn is a spiritual medium and she offers private readings both online and in person. And she also offers demonstrations of mediumship. And she has one actually coming up in July of 2023. So very welcome, Dawn. Thank you so much for making the time to come on today. It's a real pleasure for me. Me too, Laura. I'm so excited about what conversations we're going to get up to <laughs> and oh, where that brings us. Yeah, where it will take us where we need to go. So Dawn, you're from Mayo, you were just telling me, right? Yes, I was born in Rochdale in Manchester and my family moved to Mayo when I was about four to five years of age. So oh, right. I was born in Mayo for a good 20 years. Wow, that was a good Irish upbringing, huh? Oh, you can tell me about that one as a proper Irish upbringing. It was brilliant, actually. I really had um, a very interesting childhood, um, a very colourful childhood, and there was definitely a lot of spirit involved in my childhood. But also it was a time where in those days, as you know, it wasn't always easy. And certainly um, we were from a very strong Catholic upbringing. So mediumship was definitely something we, we didn't talk about. Right, right. And was it a rural area where you grew up? I had a bit of both. I had both experiences. I lived in the town in Castlebar for quite a number of years. We spent some years in the countryside as well. So I had the best of both worlds. And I think it really helped create a lot of balance in me because I, I through the countryside, I have a deep love of nature. And being in nature, it's one of the things I absolutely do every week um, just for my own wellness and to connect I suppose, with the energies around me, you know, so I would have always spent a lot of time sitting in the field or the grass or hugging trees. Or I was one of those kids, those kids you know, if not wasn't hugging it, I was climbing up it, one or the other, <laughs> falling out of it. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a typical Irish um, upbringing for sure. Yeah. And did Proper you have boy. <laughs> I know, I know, I was the same. You wouldn't know looking at me now, but I was. And did you grow up with siblings? Yes, I have a mixed family, but my immediate family, my sister and my brother lived with me. Yeah. Okay, lovely. And so you just mentioned there you had some kind of spiritual experiences. Do you want to talk a little bit about that when you were young? My very early memories of spirit would have been, actually, we were just going through that this week, myself and my partner, because I'm in the middle of writing my book, you know. So we're, we're on one of our chapters and it's really about going back to the early days of my development. and. When I lived in um, the UK, I was only about two years of age, younger even, when I had my first spirit experience, you know. So I would have a little girl that would come to visit me. Usually it was children back in those earlier days that would visit me. And um, we were able to link it back to an event that occurred in the area at that time um, through research, etc. And then as I moved on, it was more spirit children that would come to me and sometimes... Um, 
I had like what people might call an imaginary friend, only I could see him. But I now know he was real, you know, and his name was Billy and he would come and hang out and we would do stuff together, you know. And because I wasn't a very confident child, he brought out that side of me, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I became, a, you know, all, all under his influence, <laughs> I became a bit of a tomboy, you know. But it, it, we were able to thankfully go back, as I said, because we're doing a lot of research with the book at the moment to be able to collaborate and link specific events of my memories into real tangible experiences, you know. So that, that's kind of good to get those validations. And as I kind of moved forward then, I always saw spirit, but it was only until... When my grandfather passed to the spirit world, I was approximately 12 years of age. So I began to recognize actually there's something different about the way that I was seeing life and experiencing life. Because when I was at his funeral and we went to the graveyard afterwards, I saw him multiple times throughout those days, even though he was not in his physical body. And I had kissed him goodbye and I had done all of these things. So I was having these visions of him full body apparitions of my grandfather coming to communicate with me even when he was being placed into the ground um at his funeral he was there standing right across from me so I'm like and it did it did unnerve me I didn't understand it you know wow. it was very it was such a heavy thing to carry if you know what I mean such so, it left so many questions for me and then it was at that point we we hadn't heard of mediumship I knew nothing about it it was only until later on in life then um I went on my journey of my mum had a car accident actually back in summer around 1995 um, and she had a second one and that prompted her to go on a journey of Reiki you know so she became one of the first Reiki masters in Ireland at the time and I became her guinea pig which was brilliant for me I was only 17 years of age so I had been trained up within two years to Reiki master level but it opened up all my psychic abilities and so I was having these really profound dreams and psychic premonitions and all sorts activated in me and I probably didn't have the maturity to handle it because we didn't have any mentors my mum was learning herself about her process and her journey so it became a time in my life where there was a lot of great things happening but it was also confusing you know yeah, so that influenced, I suppose, my need to teach later on in years because I understand that being out in a limb and not knowing how to support because I didn't have the support. And at that time, I wasn't tapped into spirit the way that I am now. They were there, but there was no formulation of how do I work with this? What do I do with this? You know, so I was seeing uh, deceased people everywhere. That was the reality. I was having moments in time where um, I was having all of these premonitions about events to come and they were happening and they're pretty big events you know it could be world events it could be something that happened to a neighbor or a friend or whatever and I began to recognize there was something different about me but it said as I said it was quite overwhelming at the time because I was so young you know wow. it sounds like you were just kind of wide open Absolutely. and everything was coming at you yeah it was it was brutal I won't say it wasn't you know I mean there was moments obviously you understand that was oh my god did that really happen and then it kind of went away for a while it came and it went and it came and it went there was periods of my life when it just wasn't there and I was immersed in other things I loved music as a child I horse went horse riding for many many years those was my background but they were also my foundation if you know what I mean because I feel firmly those hobbies and those things that I did kind of give me um discipline 
industrial structure, which began to help me in other areas. Now, bear in mind, my mum went on her Reiki journey. And in that, she went on a hypnotherapy journey and she became a hypnotherapist. All right. And again, I became her guinea pig. (laughs) (laughs) So I learned self-hypnosis at the grand age of 17 and 18 years of age. And other people were off doing other things. And here I was learning these things. Now I had a perfectly normal kind of teenage years as well, where I did the whole going out partying and going to nightclubs as we were talking about. And I had all of that too, but there was always this other side to my life, if you know what I mean. Oh, I do. Yeah. And so you didn't have any peers or anything with you on this journey? We no, not not directly. As I said, it was a very solitary journey, always has been for me. There has been times back in those those days in the era, the 1995 to 1998, my mum was part of a spiritual community, probably one of the first ones that joined in Ireland at that particular time. And they would meet up several times a month. And they were obviously 20, 30 years older than me. So, I mean, to have youngsters like myself in the space was rare. So I think there was about three of us, myself, my sister, and one of the other family's daughters would come along and we would go out to the sacred sites in Ireland. Um, so, for example, we would go out on two locations. We went to the Iron Islands out there and we would do healing work, oh. you know. And while I was out there, I was having these experiences of premonitions again and events happening. I could see into the past. You know, and even on that, when I was very young, I had experiences where I was seeing my past lives and I didn't know that at the time. I had so many fears. I was a very nervous child, you know, there was always energies coming at me that I didn't understand. I had a deep fear of water, for example. You know, I went on and I learned how to swim and try to overcome those things. But the feeling of being scared and petrified water never left me. And even into 1997, I had a moment in time where I was being floodgated with memories of being submerged in water and having gone into spirit through that means, you know. So there was all these memories that I was having that I just emotionally couldn't understand. It was a curious thing, if you know what I mean. But at the same time, you're processing so much. I feel like I came into this life with so much from awareness from all my other lives that almost oversaturated me. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And were you alone in this or was your sister and your mum having the same experiences? We were very, we're from a gifted family, I would say, a very aware family. You understand my mother was, uh, my grandmother was very gifted in her own way as well, but she didn't do an awful lot with it apart from pray for everybody that needs a prayer. That that was the kind of way that was a challenge. My mum was always very spiritual. There was always something with her. You know, and she went on to be an amazing healer and done all of the soul work that she's done. She's in her 70s now and she's just done so much. She went on to become Ireland's um, laughter yoga ambassador. She started uh, the the chain cycle of laughter yoga in Ireland. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's been all over TV in different places. And she's done over 20 years of service with that and training laughter yoga leaders in the country. So, I mean, she was working in a lot of emotional energies with people and because of the hypnotherapy she would deal with a lot of trauma so she took on board the laughter yoga to kind of lighten up her energies and of course I became her guinea pig <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> which was great because I was learning all of these skills and as she was growing 
I was growing and it wasn't easy, but I suppose she was my support network, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And then my sister was also very gifted, but she's not done anything with it, unfortunately, to the best of my knowledge. You know, she'd be the one don't come along and watch this guy over here on the TV shows where they were doing bug ghost busting and stuff like that. I would be saying to her, turn that nonsense off. I don't want to watch that. It's rubbish. <laughs> At that point, I still had no real awareness of what was going on with me or the journey that I was going to go on. And it was... um. I had two children by the time I was 20, 21. So I was very busy in motherhood. I was still having a lot of psychic experiences more than mediumship experiences. A lot of my friends around me had passed away and I would see their passings before it occurred. So that was quite overwhelming to know the things that I knew. And then I had to, it took a long time to recognize actually I could ask to stop these things you know mm -hmm. and that became part of my later journey where I started understanding I had a right to choose what I wanted to experience okay and mm -hmm. so it was only in 2003 where I found I was expecting my third son and I was planning a home birth as you do in Ireland <laughs> In those days and um, I was being pretty radical about the way that I wanted to approach this this home birth but a week or so before he was due I had a very unsettling feeling and a very unsettling dream and in the dream he came to me and I could see him uh, and I knew I was always knew the sex of every child I've ever had you know it's just so blessed to know that but I'm, and sometimes I even predicted the times that they were going to, to be born at. I'd done that with several of my children and it was effective, you know. Oh. But with this little guy, he graced me with this dream. And in the dream, he came to me and he said goodbye, you know. Mm. And so I had this experience of waking up and I was, my ears were constantly ringing in that pregnancy. I didn't understand why I was having pains in my ears constantly. I went, then went on to find out it was to do with my clear audience. I am highly clear audience, you know. And so when I woke up from that dream, I had been stressed and tearful, etc. And I would have rung my mum and rang my dad. And I had this almost morbid feeling about me and I couldn't shake it. So it was a Sunday evening in early October 2003. And I said to my mum, I said, no, we need to go to the hospital. Something's wrong, you know. And this was a person that was hell bent on having a home pregnancy. So she drove me in the road um, on the Sunday evening. I think it would have been the 5th, the 5th of October, 2003. And uh, we went into the hospital and they told me everything was all right. The next day I was, they were preparing to release me. And I said, I'm not going home. I can't go home. So they were trying to place me in my sister's house, which was five minutes where I lived about 15 miles from the town. And I just knew I needed to be in that hospital. And another nurse intervened. I would say the angels were putting jigsaw pieces of the jigsaw puzzle in place to make sure that he was born in that hospital. And sure enough, he was born that day in that hospital at 5.55. And he stayed with us for four hours. Oh my goodness. Mm. That's tremendous loss. Oh my gosh. 
You just knew? I knew. You just knew within yourself? I just knew something was not right. And bear in mind, this was a healthy pregnancy. All my scans were fine. No major issues, no warnings, nothing. I just knew. And I'd had dreams before where I knew, so I knew I couldn't ignore this, you know. So it was devastating. And I found him on the ward that night at about half ten. Um, he'd spent four hours with me approximately and the few people that had come to, to, to say hello. He was still a healthy baby as far as everybody was concerned. And he passed away in his, he passed away with me. I didn't know he passed away in my arms and I presumed he'd drifted to sleep. And I placed him in his crib beside me in the bed, you know. So I came to him um, to check on him, whatever, about, it was about half 10 in the evening. And unfortunately, he he was he was not with us anymore. I had this complete out of body experience where my grandmother, who had gone to spirit already, came up and was stood beside me. And I could see all of this. You know, it was like a haze. And I called the nurse. And the nurse, they ran with him, obviously, down to try and resuscitate him. And my grandmother was there in the space with me, holding on to me and holding him and telling me he had to go. And that was it. That was that was the journey. That was what triggered my mediumship. You know, it uh, triggered it in such a profound, very, very painful way. Yeah. That yeah. my whole life just went 360. You know, the circumstances, there's a whole backstory to it, which will be talked about, obviously, in my book. Um, but the story of that changed so many lives, not just mine. Because of that one experience as a medium, I became blessed to be able to help other mothers and dads and family members connect with their children over the years um, and to continue my my service in memory of Ben, you know, my son, Ben. Beautiful, Ben. <clears throat> I'm so sorry to hear this story. It's so mm-hmm. absolutely tragic. And I send you all my love. Thank you. Now, there's no words, you know, but you you learn to you learn to accept and I learned to accept and I learned to find the balance, you know, and I think I always feel so blessed as a medium um, or, you know, person that's able to connect with spirit that I now understand and I understand grief at such a deep raw level. You know, I went on and to lose uh, six more children after him through miscarriages, um, atopic pregnancy, etc. So it, it's been a roller coaster of a journey for me as a person. So that's why I said they came to me with every possible life experience that I know how to have, I've had. You have. I've had. You know, so talk about being, they say some mediums really do go into the trenches <clears throat> and they learn um about me, about mediumship, spiritualism, etc., but in very painful, very raw, very real ways. You know, it makes us human first and foremost. It does. Do you believe it was your soul who like signed up for this type of life? Yes. You do. I know that for a fact. You know, some sometimes, of course, like anybody, you'd ask why, why, why this, <clears throat> why me. <clears throat> what's this all about and there's been times when you know we do go on the pity party with ourselves but I remind myself every day I try to live from a place of gratitude and that you know every moment is precious 
you know, I've lived with chronic health conditions for years um, off the back of the stress that I have endured, etc. So it means that I'm very, very grounded in myself, very present in myself, if you know what I mean. It wasn't always like that, because if you can go back to 30 years ago, I was scatty-catty all over the place. Now, through all of those experiences I've had and the listening to my body and what I need, I feel that my journey has been worthwhile, if you know what I mean. It's been, I've been so blessed and through, you know, opening where angels whisper alone and keeping that moving, even when I could barely move myself physically, that's always been my driving force is to keep, keep on keeping, you know, keep on sharing. Wow, what an incredible journey. Some people might not even come back from that. It's so much and so painful, but yet here you are in service, helping other people. Yeah. Incredible. And so how do you bounce back from that? How do you get back on the path and live your life? And I think my, 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 whatever it is within me, I'm a Scorpio and I'm very stubborn. <laughs> And I have a lot of faith, you know, I have, I've always been born with an abundance of faith that no matter how hard it gets or how dark it gets, tomorrow's another day. Maybe it's my name. <laughs> I always use that um, as a way to kind of, I have certain things I do that create resilience in me, you know, and it doesn't mean that I don't cry or I don't experience the pain or the sadness. I've learned that, that letting go is the greatest blessing we can give to ourselves and to other people, you know? And, and for me, that letting go process has been instilled in me for a very, very long, long time. You know, from when I was very young, there was always people coming and going. And I think as mediums, we need to be comfortable with that too. You know, that people will come and go from our lives and they're not really gone, are they? They're just doing it in another way whether they're still in their physical body or their spiritual body, they're just doing it in another way. Yeah. Yeah. And do, would you have a relationship with Ben from the spirit world? Oh, immediately. When Ben passed that night, I met him for the first time in his spirit body, you know, and it was the most unbelievable experience of love. You know, I'm, I, I can't, can't speak for the mediums, but I, can, I know when I connect with spirit, and we're in that pure source of energy. It's just the most mesmerizing feeling that you get because I'm a clairsentient. I can feel it just raw. It's so raw and it's so brilliant. And yes, Ben did a lot of talking. Ben helped me make some of the best decisions of my life. He guided me onto pathways that I never dreamed was even possible. Yeah. Lovely. That's so nice. And it's really good for other people to hear that who are going through the same thing mm. that the relationship can continue and they can, can. get balance yeah you guide. do find a way I always think when someone transitions we're just learning to have a whole new type of relationship with them in a different way you know and that we can continue to do that and I think Ben's legacy for me was very much about instilling that faith in other people that no matter that we cannot see them or experience them in the physical. I know we need the physical touch sometimes. We need that as human beings. And it is possible for them to reach out strongly enough, I firmly believe, to help maybe plonk a kiss on the cheek or give us that warmth sensation and to rely on the experiences, even if we're not practicing mediums. Maybe we're just 
an average person. It's just lost somebody very, very dear to us. We can still feel them in the room with us. You know, I work now with the trans medium and in that work, which has been an unbelievable journey of <laughs> dripping away more layers of pain <laughs> and finding some sort of truth with myself and my relationship with spirit. I find that when they come into the space, they bring all of who they are and people really feel them in that moment in time when we make that connection, you know. Absolutely. I think that's priceless. That's also I just was thinking, you know, knowing that you had this experience and was it your granny who showed up? Yes. Was, did you say yeah? So that's also very comforting to know that they're not alone. They're being welcomed yeah. and they're being taken care of by our loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so has how has trance changed your journey? Has it improved your mediumship or Talk a little bit about your trance journey. My trance improved me. It improved Dawn as a person? Yeah. Um, it was one of those things that you you couldn't you couldn't write about. You know, all my just to go back, I know you've asked a very valuable question, but I feel like to understand the journey, because I know a lot of people develop independent. They may not have access to a circle. And that was my journey. It was it was slow. My my circle was spirit. My teachers were directly with spirit. And I'm very proud of that. But at the same time, it was very challenging because you had nobody to back up your mistakes. You had yeah. nobody apart from them and your what you sometimes think is your imagination to hold you accountable. So I learned working with people that trusted me enough to honor their loved ones to come through me. I that's the way I learned. I put myself out there by 2004, a year after Ben had passed I was serving as a medium you know bear in mind I'd never heard of what a medium was before it was just one of those things that emerged very very rapidly within six months of his passing so I went on a, a massive learning curve and in that time um somewhere around 2005 I attended my one of the very few I can count the amount of courses I've done in my hands on one hand so with the 20 years or so that I've been working with spirit I went on a course to Essex in the UK to uh, Tony Starkwell. I believe I would have seen him in a demonstration in um, Derry, going back in those early days when Colin Fry and all those beautiful people were doing their circuit of this part of the world, you know. And I went out to his studio in Essex and he was holding a, a demonstration for platform mediums, you know, or a class, a class on it. It was a one day thing. And after I gave uh, a message to the group, uh, he, we met in a corner of his studio, just passing. And he said to me, Dawn, have you ever done trance? And I looked at him like, I haven't a clue what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, bear in mind, only barely a year before that, I was a grieving mum. Yeah. And I went through a process of clients coming to me from every direction of Ireland at that time and I was so blessed didn't realize you don't realize it at the time how fortunate I was you know that this was all evolving in my life and here is me within a year up in the Millennium Forum in Derry filling it you know uh, of coming out and I thought I probably came out too soon <laughs> I wasn't ready for the pressure if you know what I mean 
And then when I met Tony, he was kind of validating future aspects of my life that were going to happen, you know, through him mentioning the trance to me. I blanked it and I went away because it was nothing I knew about, but I trusted spirit. So I knew that at the time, whatever it was meant, whatever he was trying to tell me, it was something that was coming. You know, it's only when you look back and you reflect on how it all happened that you can begin to connect the dots, if you know what I mean, Laura. Yeah. And so here I am, somewhere around 2010, I opened Angels Whisper for the first time. And I was still being mum. I went on to have two more children. And my youngest is at the moment five years of age. My eldest is 26. So massively in, in the ages, you know. And so here I am in 2010, I opened Angels Whisper and I decided I was going to take a trip to the Arthur Finlay College. That was my second ever time going to the UK, the second time being part of an, a mediumship experience with other people. And so while I was there, um, who arrived into the space with Tony Starkwell? <laughs> and I thought, oh, you are trying to tell me something. <laughs> but I didn't have all, again, all the pictures and all the parts of what was to come. And there was so much happening around Grangeless Whisper. I came home from that week's course. I learned a lot and felt very grateful for it. I met one of my future teachers in spirit while I was there, Gordon Higginson. Uh, Gordon Higginson, I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but he's spirit side. Yeah. And I met him in while well, I was sitting up in the sanctuary in the Arthur Finlay College. He came to me and whispered in my ear, as they do from spirit. And I'm, I want to work with you, John. I need to help you. And I was like, OK. And I was kind of obviously in complete disbelief because <laughs> you think you're going mad. But Absolutely. it was only about five years later, he showed back up again. So it would have been 2015, 16, 16. He showed back up in my trance because then I had started trance. Right. OK. And I was literally sitting with a group of friends one evening and I love to sit around the table. I love a good seance, me. <laughs> we sat around the table. I go, look and see what I can do. And I don't know why I said it or where it came from. Spirit influence, no doubt. And I went down, out for the count, straight away. And a little girl came through me. And she was validated completely at the table by one of the sisters that were there. We were only there for cheese, coffees and chats about mediumship. Not for this. Spirit so had other ideas that day. They had other ideas. So John went out to the counts and that's where it began. You know, and they put me through the ringer. Loved ones would come and go. I'd go out and demonstrate, etc. I've done a lot with the trance over the past number of years. Um, Gordon put me through my paces um, in terms of training me and making sure that I was, I had a good working spirit team around me, really, you know. And so that's, that's been the journey with trans lords. And it's, it's the love of my life. You know, apart from music, it's the love of my life with trans. Wow, so incredible. And so when you say um, Gordon helped you, would you see him or would you feel him? How was that experience with him? Gordon, um, I would feel him. I'm not so much anymore a person that sees spirit. Okay? okay, I'll see them if I close my eyes, you know, but I worked more with the knowing and the clear sentience and clear audience you know if in the trance he would have come forward to communicate directly so he would give 
directions or he he's like a teacher basically he would teach he taught me the components of trance while I was in trance okay he taught me the components of physical mediumship while I was in while I was in trance so many different lectures and things like that everything they've taught us you know has come to pass the majority of it there's still more stuff to unfold of course you know but um even the meeting of my my partner Jason all of that was foretold um the synchronicities around it was unbelievable you know, so it's been a very very powerful journey we sit down for a trance we did an extensive amount of trance in the first year of us meeting and um, we have written over somewhere region 300,000 words typed up of trance. It's crazy the amount of stuff we've done, but it's been very rewarding. And I've learned a lot about myself and the process, you know, and who I am as a person, but also the capabilities of spirit. Because yeah. they're, they're usually right, whether we like it or not. You know? And so do, does he speak through you then? Gordon? Yeah. Yeah, he, he 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 would have in the past, not so much now. He's handed it over to other uh, communicators that work with me. So my main guide would be called Elwyn. And then I have another guide called Florence who works through me. Depends on what we're doing. So different guides for different things, if you know what I mean. When I'm working with, in the middle of creating um, a fabulous book on philosophy. So they have given us some amazing philosophies, teachings for life, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And so they're in the middle of being um, worked with and we try to live by them to the best of our ability, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I would sit and blend with spirit every most days. We sit for trance a couple of times a week. Um, I'm getting ready to return to public trance demonstrations. I took a break from it for a while. Um, so they're resuming actually next week. Uh, so we'll be running at Wearingels with Spur like two two monthly events where people can come in it's almost like a spirit service but it's done in trance now are they small intimate groups they're open to whoever needs them oh really whoever needs them very interesting mm-hmm. and so what about your circle did you need a circle to be able to develop that <laughs> <laughs> People, spirit never really liked me to have one consistent circle for some reason. Okay, it's never been that way for me. That's why I laugh. So we would, Jason is my circle and spirit's my circle. My partner is my circle. They're my constant and my consistent. And whoever then comes into the space, which have been a lot of people, that's where I did all my learning. So it is possible then to develop trans just with two people in spirit? Yes. Wonderful. That's really great. You do need the other person. I could sit here and go into trance, but sure, who would they talk to? Yes. They need need at least one person, you understand? And they need at least one person that knows your energy very well and can safeguard you, bring you up if needs be, etc., and observe. And also to be that welcoming presence for them. Yeah. Incredible. And has has it ever gone down the path of any healing, trans healing? Yes, my um we do trans healing as well, myself and Jason. Jason's more into the healing side of things. I do healing because my heat my energy background is in healing, you know. Um so we're kind of working on that. That when we do the events now coming up, um, the ones that are starting next week actually, um 
there will be trans healing included in that for people that need it. So it's a bit of an all-rounder, you know. Wow. And then was you mentioned physical mediumship. Has that developed a little bit for you as well? Um, no. No. You're not sitting for that, right? No, I've chosen not to at this time. I know that we've had moments in the past of physical mediumship. And Just spontaneously? Yes, where it is where we'll go in the future. But at the moment, I'm quite content with what I'm doing and I don't want to add too much to the mix, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. I feel like I need to be physically well for that. You understand, because it's such a laborious process um, that where I'm at right now is a comfortable fit for me in spirit. And I'm sure they'll take you where you need to go. No doubt they've done it this far. They have. And so you are getting back to demonstrations. Where will you be demonstrating? We are at the moment demonstrating on Zoom. Okay. Okay. We did a lot of work throughout COVID and Zoom. Actually, we were demonstrating nearly every week or if every other week we were doing transitions and uh, lots of loved ones came in to say hello it was an amazing time you know but I went on and as I said I put more time into teaching and I'm stepping back from that now for a couple of years so I can focus on the messages and letting let spirit speak that's what they need to do right now yeah that's wonderful and so where can people find all that information to get a reading and to attend your zoom seance is that what it's called I don't know oh you should come down here uh, well you have because you're too far away yes our zoom sales I do high teas as well Laura (laughs) I do do high teas where I live in a very old building to answer your question rangelswhisper.ie is where people can get information on that here locally I am just for fun because we can and I'm a bit like that sometimes we hold high tea I live in a very (coughs) old building and um, I've kind of vintified it out, vintified, I can't, can't pronounce the word, uh, put loads of vintage radios and uh, tables and chairs, all of that into the space. So people can come in to join me and uh, my partner, for he's a chef, so they get the, the, the love of all his good scones and tea and all of that, you know. Um, we put together an evening for people where they can come in and just sit with us you know, and we do the tea leaf readings, they come out, you know, just for the crack, of course. And then we do our sales and the uh, spirit come in to speak in trends and we let we do a little bit of table tilting and things like that as well for the guests that join us. So it is nice. It's all very quaint. And they got their lovely crockery and all of that, you know, so it's like stepping back. The only thing we haven't done is dress in attire yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> Victorian dresses. It sounds really fun, actually. But now, is that in Donegal? Because that's where you're currently living, right? Yes, that's in Donegal. Yeah, I live in a place called Lifford, which is a very historical town here in Donegal. You know, it houses the old courthouse. And where I live would have been the former place where a lot of the judges and the jury would day before they went to court back in the 1800s you know wow I feel a very privileged but a lot of energies <laughs> I was just going to say especially you who pick up you know you pick up a lot so that must be you yeah. must be disciplined 
to be very disciplined and, and going back to that you have to be very disciplined with chance as well you know there are times when it can be very overwhelming and oversaturated it's a, it's a very slow process but I always give thanks and reverence to my mum because my mum I firmly believe instilled good discipline with me with the hypnosis in those earlier days which helped the development of trance oh interesting yeah very good and so it is important then just to sit every day I know you mentioned you sit every day to blend is it important to give that time to spirit I think it is but I was never a person that did that to be honest with you right okay I don't know what it is, was about me. Maybe I was just lazy or whatever, or so burn or just didn't want to sit. I had no interest in sitting, but I would always walk about. This would be me. I'd walk about. Thank you, spirit. Thank you, spirit. And when I'm doing my bits and pieces and pottering and doing my dishes, I'd be having conversations with spirit. So for me, or even things like singing, um, doing art, different, you know, projects like that. For me, that's all blending, isn't it? Right, and creating that relationship yeah. with them. Yeah, just being open with them as if they're just stood beside you. That's lovely. And so I noticed you have a bunch of followers, I think like near 20,000 followers on your page. Mm -hmm. So how was it putting yourself out there online? And was that takes courage, right? It it does. Um, I don't really think about it, to be honest with you, Laura. I just get into the process of doing, if you know what I mean. Um, I goes back to my childhood because my childhood was very much full of theatrics. I was involved in pantomime. I was involved in choirs and things like that as a child. Music, as I said, is my second love to mediumship, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think because of those experiences, it kind of, I don't really get daunted by that if you know what I mean. However, when I'm going out to an evening's demonstration with real people, that they're real and not real on Facebook, when I'm going out into a public platform or where I actually have to interact with people, I can be an absolute bag of nerves. You know, it really hits me hard and heavy. So it's not an easy thing, but they say you're supposed to use your nerves to your advantage. And I know that when I have a lot of nerves and I'm very, very unsettled, and sometimes for days before an event, I can be very, very unsettled, you're certain it's going to be a good night. It's very good to hear that because I'm the same way. I get very nervous. But I've also learned that that's how I perceive the energy is like through nerves. It really kind of hits my solar plexus like the hounds of hell, as I just say, excuse my language, but it really does. I was here, I, I, I was doing some, something emerged at the beginning of, I think it was March or something this year. And my son is an amazing singer as well, you know, and he got the lead role, lead male role in Calamity Jane in um, my local theatre here. Mm-hmm. And for months, that night I went up to see him. I knew that Spirit's calling me back as well to get ready for a theatre level, you know, so hence me being super focused at the moment. And my mum was with me on the evening and other family members, and we had a great night. But uh, as we were leaving, we noticed that Danny Morgan was coming to town. It's very unusual for these parts in Northern Ireland, you know. Mm-hmm. So we booked the tickets. Um, However, unfortunately, a week and a half or so before Sally was due, my mum went and had a heart attack. 
Oh goodness. I know. Like such bad timing, Laura. <laughs> but she would say the same thing. You know what I mean? She'd be laughing now listening to this, yeah. you know, myself and herself love banter, you know. Uh -huh. Irish my, people do. Yeah, my partner took sick as well, quite sick, all in the one week. And I'm like, seriously, what's going on? My blood pressure went up through the roof. And uh, I was up like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, so Sally Morgan was the last thing on my mind, Laura, you know. Yeah. And uh, so it's quite a long story short. My mum obviously did fine and she recovered and it turned out really, really well for her. You know, my partner recovered. Everybody's doing well. And she's messaging me two days before Sally Morgan. We're going to Sally Morgan. I said, Sam, I'm not well. You're not well. My blood pressure was up at 180 that morning. Oh and I'm God. like, seriously, I'm not going to this. But I was a bag of nerves, Laura. You know, I was like one that was going out for a whole theatre of a, a million people. My energy was just boom, boom, boom off the walls, you know. And I never twigged it because I completely forgot about Sally Morgan. And it's not my evening. It's Sally's evening. Yeah. By the time I got over to the theatre, which is only five minutes away from me, I sat into my seat and there she was, gorgeous as always, up doing her thing, you know. And um, oh, into the second half, I thought, she's coming to me. I know she's coming to me. And sure enough, Sally Morgan came to me that evening. And she gave a big, fat, fabulous, whopping message from Spirit. Validated everything. She talked about my trance chair. She talked about my music and the importance of it and all of these things. She talked about my bins, which was so accurate and did so many different little bits. And the names that she gave, she was just absolutely amazing. But I came out of it knowing, absolutely knowing Spirit had summoned me and said, Dawn, you made the right decision, stepping back from teaching. It's your time. And then you rolled up <laughs> to confirm and validate so many things that are to come hopefully over the next year or two. So it was, it's been an amazing year so far already. You know, oh, sometimes brilliant. we just have to sit in the stillness of spirit and listen and ask them what's our true path and where are we meant to be? Absolutely. And we're only halfway through the year, so many more good things coming your way. Yes. And so are you doing any in-person demonstrations this year? As in people groups? Yes. Yes. Is it, all, have, is it all on Zoom or do you have any in-person coming I up? I have an in-person one on the 30th of July um, in the Ongreenian Hotel, Burt, County Donegal, Ireland. So that's okay. the first. <clears throat> Until I know that that's comfortable and my health is good and I can handle the energies and all of that. After that, we said we'd make a decision where we're going next. But okay. it will be most likely Galway. We have Lovely. one for Galway plans and Belfast and Dublin. Those are the oh, four fantastic. locations so, here. Lovely. So many things coming up. And I will put all your links in the show notes so people can find you and find out where to get tickets and Probably just follow you on, you're on Facebook quite a bit as well, right? Yes, Facebook will be the main platform for me. I've just always enjoyed working in Facebook, yeah. Okay, well, I will put those in the notes so people, I'm sure, will go and find you and and maybe try and get a reading. And uh, hopefully I can get on one of your Zoom events. I would love to come on and experience that. That would be fantastic. Absolutely love to have you with us. 
Thank you. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on, Don. It was such a pleasure. Thank you too, Laura. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Lovely to hear your story. Thank you.